Hello, welcome back, you guys. You guys, thank you for staying tuned. And we are about to dive into my third episode of my story. Um, dealing with APS, of course. Um, just want to thank you guys, um, ladies. Um, if you guys are still lost for those who are new then you are at the wrong podcast please listen to my first episode in order to catch up i will not be repeating um everything that you know i've been through because it's already posted so please go check that out and let's dive in okay so I remember, I'm um, just going to refresh a little bit back to my third, I mean, not third, um, my fifth time at the hospital, we have a dilemma here, you know, I'm losing this baby here, and um, I remember I said in my second podcast towards the end that I was in the emergency room. Um, and the doctors were checking if I had this baby or whatnot, you know, trying to figure it out. And, like, at this point, I already knew I had lost it because, you know, like I said in my last podcast, the ultrasound, um, the way the doctors were looking at me, you know, I just knew that I was losing this baby or I already lost it, but I just didn't know. Okay, let's move on. So, I'm in this um, bed, you know, with the robes on and everything. And the doctor's just looking at me, like, all worried some. And at this point, I was, there's nothing much I could do, you know. I was just praying and praying and praying because... When you're in a situation like this, the only thing you can do is pray and just pray that God's listening to you and that he doesn't let go of you, you know? And at this point, I was just, a lot of things were going through my head and keep in mind that I wasn't accompanied. Is that the right word? I think. <laughs> if it's not, I'm sorry, you guys. I wasn't really... I didn't really have support, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, By my husband that day because... um, He went to work... He went to work and he had asked my sister-in-law to take me. So she was in the waiting room. You know, she couldn't come in with me. This was 2019, just in case you guys forgot. Um, there was still no pandemic going on. You know, it was. it's kind of weird because this all of this happened in December, like towards... Not, not, well, between... The end of December, like around 25th, like around Christmas time. And it went over into 2020. But COVID wasn't still around. COVID didn't come until around, I'll say, February. Um, this was happening January 3rd, uh, 2020. You just never forget those dates. Ladies, you will understand what I'm saying when I say you never forget these dates because these dates scar you forever. And even though you try to forget, there is something that still stays with you. These moments are the ones that scar you for life. You know, and I'm not saying it's good, but it's not bad either. You know, it's like... It's a mixed, you know, 
my mom always used to say um when you have these types of memory any type of memory you're reliving that moment you know you could literally close your eyes and think about that moment it could be a happy moment it could be any moment okay i'm not just talking any particular moment it could be sad happy you know whatever you want it to be and you could feel that moment you know and every time i talk about this type of situation with me you know i feel like i'm reliving it cuz i could remember every detail i could remember that day that whole entire day what i was wearing what i ate how i felt with the doctors everything i could tell you everything in detail you know but i just choose not to because it takes a lot of time <laughs> um i i am you know saying a little bit of details you know so you guys can picture what it felt like or like picture the moment i was living you know you could be in my shoes um if you went through it then you obviously know what i'm feeling and you know more or less you know um other women could have gone through worse um i'm not saying you know i'm not wishing worse on anyone but i'm just saying that you know every moment is different from everybody else's you know and so what i felt during this moment was i was mad angry confused any negative feeling you could think about there was nothing happy about this moment i could tell you that <laughs> um i think i was mad because i didn't have support you know i was hoping my husband would be there with me instead of being at work you know it's a very tendered moment a moment of loss a moment of where i began to grieve once again for the fifth time um and it's just sorry my phone fell and it's just really hard to live these moments by yourself okay and then you're just looking at random people cuz they're doctors yes i understand but that doesn't that just makes you feel awkward i mean I don't know if I'm the only one that felt this, but when I'm around doctors, I just don't see them as doctors, you know. I also see them as a normal person, you know. Like let's just say if you were in a in a crowd, like if you were in the mall and then all of a sudden something bad happened to you, like I don't know. You like fainted or, you know, you pissed on yourself or something, you know, and just random people are looking at you. You know what I mean? Like it's just that awkward feeling and it's like an awkward feeling but it's bad at the same time. So when they told me that I didn't have my baby anymore, that's how I felt like, ooh, like she had an accident. Oh, I feel bad for her, you know? Stuff like that. That's what I was thinking. I was just so paranoid, I guess. But um Yeah. So they had called in my sister-in-law with the translator. My sister-in-law doesn't um she's not bilingual. So they brought in a translator for her and I could have translated for her, but I was just I wasn't in the mood. I was like, oh, they pay these people anyway, so just get her a translator. and they were telling her that you know everything they told me that I lost a baby da 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 this and that and she was worried too like she she held my hand and you know she was there supporting me you know she's not the best supporter i could tell you that but <laughs> um and so when all of that was over they told me that 
that I had to get sorry you guys I'm like I'm like losing myself <laughs> not losing myself but like while I'm talking I'm thinking of like the things like every detail like I'm reliving this moment as I'm speaking to you guys I'm sorry about that if I'm talking a little bit slow but anyways so okay hold up okay so I said some dates I shouldn't have actually now that I'm thinking about this so all of this happened in Bentop, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm just trying to make sure I'm getting this this story right. Okay. So Yeah, they told me I needed to get the baby removed and they gave me a few options, you know. They either said we could remove this baby, you know, get a DNC done or we can There were three options. It was a DNC or they could inject me so I could get um, contractions, which I did not want to because I was already in pain. Contractions or my body could just, you know, squeeze this kid out with the placenta and everything else, you know. Um, and I was not down for that either because I did not want to see you know, fetus remains and blood and no, 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 no. I was not, I felt like if I chose that option, any of the other options that wasn't a DNC, I felt like I would have fainted because that is, I feel like that's just at the cherry on top of the worst case you know it's like seeing your own fetus and no i can't i i respect if there are women out there that got that option and went through that i respect you my respects because i i I can't i can't i can't just picturing that breaks my heart you know and I have a weak gut, to be honest. Um, I wasn't willing to put myself through that situation. Although, I was thinking, you know, if I got the DNC done, maybe they could have, I don't know, put the baby in a small jar and I could, you know, bury it or, you know, have some somewhere where i can go to and leave flowers you know because i don't really have a tomb to go to you know i just have you know here in my house a picture of my baby with with next to jesus christ and yes i put flowers and all that but it's just really hard looking at the picture to be honest because the smallest things can like bring you memories you know you could be calm and everything and i don't know where you see something that reminds you of a specific memory it triggers it and then the memory comes back so i felt like if i had a tomb it wouldn't be so close to me as this picture is to me you know, and I can't part with this picture because I feel like if I do, I'm going to forget, not forget completely, but the moment, you know? So, yeah, anyways. <laughs> so, obviously, I, my mom didn't know about this, just to be clear, so... If you guys are wondering why isn't my mom with me or brother or sister or whatever, nobody knew about this situation, okay? 
nobody, absolutely nobody. The only people that knew about the situation was my in-laws, you know, my sister-in-laws, my mother-in-law, my husband, and that was pretty much it. I wasn't really comfortable telling my mom about the situation because, you know, rumors go around and I didn't want that to happen. Um, And yeah, so I just kept this to myself. I was going to call her, you know, because I wasn't really thinking straight. And I wanted to ask her, like, about the DNC and all that. But in that moment, I felt I felt like I needed to take that decision myself, you know. My mom was a nurse, like, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Well, back in her age when she was 20. <laughs> so, um, that was a long time ago. But I just... I don't know. A lot of things were going... I was thinking about her in that moment. You know. And so I I went with the DNC. And they were like, okay, so... On the 7th... On the 7th, you will... I think it was the 7th. It was around those days... Okay, wait, let me think. I lied. December, this happened in December 25th. Yeah, okay, I remember now. December 25th, sorry you guys. This was when they confirmed me that I lost my baby and everything. And December 25th is when they told me, okay, um, on the 2nd, on the second you will you know meet with the with your doctor who will do the procedure for dnc you know get the baby out and done and i was like okay um obviously at the time i still didn't know i had aps at the time a lot of things were unclear and i felt now that i know more about the situation like I felt like these doctors didn't really care much because I felt like in that moment that procedure should have been done because it's very dangerous to have a fetus like that you know and I feel really bad for my body now that I think about it, because my body went through a lot, you know, I don't know how long, at this well, at this point, supposedly, and I quote this, um, supposedly, I was three months already, you know, pregnant, supposedly, um, that's a lot of weeks, you know, and... Who knows when I lost this baby, to be honest, because the last time I saw this baby, this fetus was around six weeks, and that's the only ultrasound that I have where the fetus is completely formed. Um, I look at the picture, and it has, like, the cutest eyes, so tiny. It looks like a little seahorse stuck to a little balloon (laughs) um but yeah that night um well that day actually i was still tormented i was really really bad that day i was really really upset you know i was crying i told my sister-in-law not to tell my husband anything because I wasn't I wasn't willing to break his heart again. You know, my husband my husband he's a really how can I say this? Mm, he's really bottled up. 
okay? He's that type of man that likes to bottle up his feelings. He doesn't really like to speak much about what he feels in that moment, of course, because maybe the feeling that that moment when he's feeling something it might be really strong you know like it's something he's not willing to talk about in that moment but i feel like if he were to talk about it in the moment maybe something can be done you know just just an example let's just say he's mad or something like upset that i did something in that moment he won't tell me you know but i could sniff out when something is wrong with him you know i have like that sixth sense that i could sniff whenever he's moody or mad or just the face expression gives it away okay it's not that i could sniff it out but like one minute he can be all happy and then the next five minutes i could change he i could see he changed his his face expression or his mood you know and it's pretty awkward because one minute the whole room has life and then five seconds later it feels like there's an elephant in the room and that's just him it's it's sometimes stressful to be honest because i'm always happy i am always happy well most of the times i am happy or i'm just like in between like there's nothing good going on but there's nothing bad i'm just chilling in between you know i'm neutral so yeah but him he's he's a roller coaster um so i wasn't willing to tell him that day that i lost actually that day i wasn't even gonna i was i didn't even want to tell him i lost the baby i was gonna wait until the next day pretty sure he would have been pissed if I told him the next day, but it was I was just trying to not hurt him. But he did call me that day. Um, he was really worried because he was texting his sister. She was with me. He was texting his sister, asking her all these questions. And I told her, please, whatever you do, do not tell him. Like, I'll take care of it you know and she was like well text him or call him or something because he keeps asking me and asking me and I just want to tell him already you know and I was all like fine I'll tell him I had called him no he called me like a dozen times and I wasn't answering I was like crying in the restroom getting dressed getting out this robe I was in the restroom crying and crying, you know. And I told him, obviously, that I lost the baby. And he was all like, you wanted details? And I was all like, what more details do you want? You know, and I didn't, I didn't really want to talk to him. You know, I was so sad. And I just hung up on him. I didn't, I didn't answer any of his messages or calls and he said he was i was reading his text messages but i didn't text him back i just wanted to be alone you know i was feeling some type of way (laughs) i guess it was i was just so irritated you know so tired of losing these babies and just so I felt like there was nothing I could do. Well, in that moment, there was nothing I could do, you know. And I sat in the restroom for the longest time, crying. You know, that's all you want to do, just get it out your system. It was really chaotic. You know, everything happened so fast, okay? I'm just... I'm telling it on slow and everything, but everything happened fast. Everything escalated so quickly in that day. I've never felt more stress in my life than that day. Um, 
so when I got out the restroom, um, I was just waiting to be escorted out. For some reason, I couldn't just walk out the emergency room. I had to stay in the room, and I was just there sitting in the room with my sister-in-law, and I was crying and crying, and I was all like, I don't know if I sh- I was telling her, you know, how I felt and everything, and she didn't, like I said, she wasn't much comfort, but she was listening, you know, and she was just like, you could try again, da 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 like, in that moment, you don't want to hear you could try again. Well, for me, I didn't, I didn't like the fact that she said that because in the moment I was thinking of the baby I had right now, you know, in that moment, like, I don't want another baby, like, I want this baby, you know, it's the baby that I'm carrying that has no life anymore in my womb, so, yeah, I honestly... I felt like I wanted it more than any other female. Like, I wanted it so bad that that day I actually questioned. When situations like these happen, I always think about God, you know. I never, such strong situations like these, I always ask I always question God, like, why me? Like, why did I have to go through this moment? Why does it have to be a fifth time? Why, like, why me? Like, why did, what did I do? Like, and all these questions just come, you know, and it feels like God doesn't answer you sometimes. But it's just in the moment, you know. I don't question God right now because I feel like I shouldn't. I shouldn't question Him. And He knows why He did what He had to do. Because when I think about it now, I felt like maybe this baby... Well, it's because at the time I still didn't know I had APS. But maybe, like, I was thinking... Well, in that moment, I was thinking maybe this baby wasn't going to come out right. Maybe it had, like, some type of defect, defect, you know, a messed up gene or something. And I felt like if I had a baby like that, I would have suffered even more. You know, if it was a special need baby, I think I would have suffered more. Um... And I thank God that I didn't use, I didn't lose my uterus, you know, after the DNC. And I thank God for, you know, not leaving my side because when, when you're pregnant, my mom, well, my mother-in-law always said when you're pregnant you have a 50 50 case you know 50 50 chance of you dying why because that's always a risk and that's for all women not just women with APS but I feel like it's a little bit higher with women that have APS there's always that chance of something you know because you're putting your life on the line as well you know it's not it's it's you and the baby so but but it's like your life is in danger you know you could be the most healthiest with no APS and I don't know where something happens like you have to live day by day in a pregnancy you know every moment counts everything you do when you're pregnant counts so you could be you could be healthy and you could just live something not even that heavy but you could do like the minimum um force and that could affect the baby you know it could affect you you could have a bleeding you could have like you know it's really being pregnant you know is something really sensitive you know back when i was 
a teen, um, I always said pregnancy looks easy, you know. I always said that. My mom would always say, well, it's not as easy as it looks, you know. It's something more complex, something more sensitive. It's something more serious. And your life is on the line. So I understand what she meant now that I've been through so many you know, losses, miscarriages. I understand what she meant um, when I thought about pregnancy all those times I was pregnant, you know. But um, it's just the mind of a teen is so little, you know. It's just so small-minded. You know, I was really small-minded back then. But I feel like now that I've gone through a little bit of experience like my mind is opening more and I am more open-minded to the situation and to the word pregnancy you know it's it doesn't sound really really easy when you say it and when you've been through it so many times you know you really have to take care of yourself and if you have APS then it's just another another what's it called thing you have to look out for because it's your chances of losing a baby it's it's a little bit higher than the healthier women like i said but anyways oh my god i was losing my thought of train (laughs) anyways so um what was i oh yeah i got home I'm sorry, you guys. I got home after my sister-in-law was trying to come for me. We went back home. I didn't really talk to her on the way back home. I was just crying and crying. And I felt like she knew I wanted to be alone. So I was just in the living room crying, waiting for my husband because he had texted me. When I was in the restroom crying, he said he was going to come over. But I wanted to be alone, to be honest, that day. And he was like, no, I'm going back home. I want to see you. Like, what's going on? Like, I want you to tell me everything. And I was just like, oh, my God, I guess. You know, I didn't tell him, I guess. But, you know, I was like, okay. Like, he did, I, he's the dad, you know. Well, he was the dad. And, yeah, he deserves to know. So I had to pour my whole heart out to him. And I had to... It was the first time I saw him cry, to be honest. Like, out of the, all the pregnancies that I've been through and that I've lost, I think this one was the first one. You know, he probably cried the other four, but I don't remember. I don't recall seeing him. You know, like I said, he's really bottled up, so he could have cried in the car, in the restroom, you know, alone. But I don't. He didn't really cry around me. I cried. I always cry. I, you know, I'm just, I'm a really blunt person. You know, in the moment, if I feel some type of way, I will let you know how I feel. And if I have to cry in front of you, I guess, oh, God, let it be. I will cry in front of you. Um, so I was, when I got home, my mom lives in the same apartment complex. At the time, I was living upstairs when this happened. My mom lives downstairs, like, where I'm at. I could see my mom's apartment, you know. And I was looking at the apartment, you know, at her door. And I was just thinking about her. The moment I got home, I was thinking about her. And I was like, how am I going to tell her this? You know, she knew I was pregnant. Okay, yes, she knew I was pregnant, but she didn't know that I lost the baby that day. And I wasn't planning on telling her until the next day. You know, I wanted to simmer down just a bit. And I I, I didn't want to see her. I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't even want to see my husband that day. I wanted to be alone, and I just wanted to cry. That's all I wanted to do. 
and um i was sitting outside and i was looking at her apartment you know just thinking about her what am i gonna tell her she was so excited you know i already had the crib i already had like all these baby things she gave me like this um these toys little cubes to play with with the baby and i bought this portrait of the virgin mary with flowers with pink flowers and you know it was going to be my gift for the baby you know a, a portrait it was the big portrait um and we were so psyched about this baby you know since i was going into three months you know at that going into three months there is a lower chance of losing the baby you know i was thinking that i was like i'm getting further away from that window of losing that baby but i guess my luck i wasn't lucky enough and you know i lost my baby and so you know, we're just, just thinking about all that, you know. The dinner we had when I told her I was pregnant, the picture I showed her of the baby, you know. I made it really special because I wanted it to be a special moment. I'm sorry, you guys. I just, I just thought about that moment. Like I said, you live these moments again when you talk about it. So that's like I'm, I'm reliving the moment. Um, I get really sentimental, just really emotional, you know. And I think it's always gonna be that case, you know. When whenever I talk about it with anybody, um, it's always gonna be that way, you know. You just. You can't help to cry when you think about it. You just... It has to be, you know, what it has to be. And just let it go. And you try not to cry when you think about these moments. But it's inevitable, like... It's something that was inside you... It was a piece of your heart, you know. The baby was like a second <laughs> mini me. <laughs> uh, I really wanted it to be a girl. You know, I had her name ready, a crib ready. At the time, I was living in a one-room apartment with my sister-in-law so you can imagine how that was there were three beds in one room so you can imagine how that would have been if we had a baby there with my two cats <laughs> and anyways i'm sorry you guys <clears throat> But, yeah, um, I was sitting on the stairs just thinking through all that, you know. Sometimes when you go through these situations, there are some people that reflect on the situation. Uh, they, like, think of the what-ifs moments. Like, what if I did this or what if I did that? Like, what if I could have done something better or I could have done something to help my pregnancy? You know, the what ifs and that's okay when you're thinking like if only i did this it's it's okay it's okay to think and reflect most people don't do that but you know every person is different i i always reflect on moments like these um and happy moments too you know um, and sad moments every moment like I'm I'm a really reflective type of person like when the situation and that sucks because that's when the situation already happened and like you're like damn like I could have done something better or I could have done you know a lot of things um I still have those what ifs moments now that I know I have APS 
but you know it's like oh well like the moment already happened can't really do much about it just i just have this memory and that's it that's pretty much it and that's sad but you know it's reality um and i was just waiting on my husband and i knew i was like he's probably crying on the way coming back you know his mind i don't know what what he was thinking but i'm pretty sure he was thinking the worst and crying and whatnot so i was like i want i wouldn't be surprised if i don't see him crying but he saw me sitting down at the stairs and he came up obviously he was sad you know i could tell he was crying because his face was red and even, even though he tried to hide it because he was looking down and he sat on me on the step and I cried. When I saw him, um, he sat next to me and I just wanted him to hold me and just not say nothing. I just wanted him to hold me. And I told him that I really wanted it more than anyone. I wanted the baby more than anyone in the world. And I told God that I wanted this baby more than anything. Even if it meant getting on a diet and like changing my lifestyle, I would I would have done anything for this baby to be okay. And I told him I tried. I was like, I tried my best, you know. I I did my bed rest. I didn't care about the house. I didn't care if the the dishes were dirty. I didn't care if I didn't have any clothes. I didn't care of any material things. I just cared for this baby and all I did was bed rest. And I walked around. You know, I did a, a little bit of exercises. So the baby wouldn't stick. And I told him I tried and I tried and and that I was sorry. I guess I guess I felt bad in the moment. You know, because I knew I was breaking his heart telling him that I lost the baby. And I have never seen him so sad in my life. I didn't tell him that, <laughs> but, you know, in my mind, I, I was like, I'd never seen him so sad in my life. Like, it's really heartbreaking because I felt like it lowers down your self-esteem as a woman that you can't really provide a family like in that moment I don't feel like that anymore but like in that moment I blamed myself and I was like you know I felt half of a woman because I couldn't give him a baby and I thought that I would never in my life give him one. And I felt like he didn't want one anymore. After this fifth one, I was like, he's not going to want to anymore. And he's going to leave me for someone else that can have a baby. You know, provide him with a family and he could be happy. And, you know, I was going, a lot of things were going through my head. I don't think of it like that anymore because it's not my fault, okay? It's not my fault I have APS. It's just something that happens. It's something that I cannot control. And you shouldn't feel, you know, bad for it. And at the time, I don't know what he was thinking, but he didn't really he didn't really blame me. But it's just I felt guilty you know I felt half of a woman like I said 
it's like he didn't have to tell me anything I, that's just the way I felt in that moment you know I felt like I was responsible for this and he told me he didn't tell me anything but he just hugged me and he just didn't want to hear anything you know and I felt that was something to confirm me he was confirming me sorry that it was okay that it wasn't my fault and he said we went inside because he he didn't want anybody to see us cry so we went inside we sat on the sofa and we kept crying and i told him the situation he was like was it my fault and i was like no i was like to be honest it wasn't anyone's fault at the time i still didn't know i had aps like i said <laughs> i don't know how many times i've said that but but yeah just keep in mind that i just didn't know at the time i had aps but i was like no it's nobody's fault um and he was like yes it was Da-da-da-da. he was just you know going off you know pouring his heart crying and i hugged him we we lasted so many minutes hugging it felt like the longest hug i've ever had in in years to be honest um but it the reason why he said it was his fault was because a week I think it was like a few days before that day we had gotten into like this argument and I was really we were both mad at each other you know we didn't want to talk to each other and we were really really mad and he didn't talk to me so he was like it's my fault because we argued a lot and i'm sorry because i make you mad and da 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 and i was like well well in my head i was like i felt like that had something to do but i didn't tell him that i was just like no it's not your fault it's okay it's normal it happens and he was like, no, it's not normal. You're just trying to make me feel better. But I know I'm not supposed to make you mad. You're not supposed to be mad. And I treated you this way. And I'm so sorry. And then I was just like, okay, just shut up. Like, it was nobody's fault, okay? Like, you know, it's not, I mean, it's not my fault either. Because I can't control what's going on in my body. Like, I'm three months, but I could have lost it, like, any time sooner, you know, maybe right after the ultrasound or eight weeks, nine weeks. I don't know when I lost it. Nobody really knew. The doctors didn't even tell me when I lost it. So, so then I was just, like, the doctors told me I need to get a DNC done and they have to take out the baby and yeah and he was just sad and he was like okay what day is it and yeah so um it was a really hard moment that day but let me tell you what was that day was the crappiest day of my life um i'm gonna get a little bit off topic well, it's not off topic, but I felt like it, I, it relates to it, okay? I don't know how you guys are going to take it, but I felt it was weird. You know, I, my cat, <laughs> I, have, I had, had because she's dead, but I had this little kitten. Her name was Bella, and she was nine months. And the time I was losing the baby... It was the time when Bella was sick. She got so ill. She was sick for like a whole week. And while I was losing this baby for like, it was like a whole week. Just picture a whole week bleeding every day. While you're having your animal being sick 
the same week you're feeling ill. Like, you're just feeling like shit. I'm sorry, but you're just feeling like shit. And you have to take care of this animal that no one's taking care of because it's nobody else's responsibility but yours. So I was really concerned about my baby at the same time while being concerned about Bella because she was still a kid and she was nine months and she was the most beautiful cat I've ever had. She was really fluffy and she was calicoed, color code and I felt like she gave her life for me. You know, sometimes I felt like God sent her in my life because I don't know how you guys think about conspiracy and all that, but like um I felt like God sent this kid into me because God knew this baby wasn't going to last, you know, so that same day I lost my baby was the same day Bella died. I had to euthanize her. Um it's not something I wanted to do, but she already she was already suffering for a whole week. She wasn't eating, she wasn't sleeping, she was just throwing up and throwing up. And every time she would eat or drink water, she would just throw up. Like she wouldn't even go to a restroom. And it was a whole week, you know, and I kept taking her to the vet. And around Christmas time, obviously the vets aren't open or maybe they are, but they close early. And I don't drive, so I had to wait for my husband to get home to take her to the vet. So I had to take her to the vet. Like, the moment he came, I was like, okay, let's... Like, we had our moment, and then I was like, okay, let's take Bella to the vet because she's really bad. Like, I really want to save her. Like, I don't want to lose her. She was my, my favorite cat, you know. She was not just the cat, but I felt like she was my child, too. And sadly, I had to euthanize her because the vet told me she had to get this surgery done. But they didn't know what she ate that stuck. It got stuck in her in her tube, her breathing tube. And I was like, how do you not know what it is? Like, you're just going to perform surgery on her and not know what you're going to take out? Like, what if you open her up and it's nothing? And she was like, yeah, that's a possibility, you know. And I was like, no, I can't, you know, you can't tell me that, you know. And she got an x-ray done and she was like, well, she has blockage, but I don't know what it is. And I was like, well, you can't figure it out what it is. Like, it's a coin. Is it a coin? Is it a, a plastic? Bella was always naughty, you know. She was always chewing on crap. And, like, I try to take... I was really precautious while well, I tried to be as precautious I could as I could have been. You know, every time she, I felt like she was eating something she wasn't supposed to, I would always check her mouth and like I would have my house clean as possible. And she would still jump on the counter and like chew on a on a pin or like a cap or anything she could get her mouth on. She would chew on it. And I was like, it's probably some plastic is that's blocking her tube. And she wasn't breathing right. And she was really skinny, like really, really skinny in the, within a week. And they were like, well, I'm sorry. Um, either you guys get the surgery done or it's euthanized because she's going to die anyways. And I was like, yeah, that's true. She is going to die. It's been a week and she hasn't been eating. And she was already weak. She looked like shit, to be honest, that day. Like, she was... I'm sorry, but it's just the truth. That's just the way she looked. And, um... Putting her in... You know, doing the euthanize. I've, I never in my life thought I would have gone through that. And that's another moment that I lived very clearly. And it hurts a lot, you know. And I was like, this day could not get any shittier. You know, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And, you know, I was like, okay, I got the news. I lost my baby. Now I'm getting this news that I'm going to have to put down this cat. And it was the hardest decision of my life because I had to put her down. Because they were asking me 1K, you know, to do the surgery that the doctor didn't know what she had, you know. There was a 50-50 chance it was just air or there was just 
you know, it's either air or nothing or something, you know. And I was like, no, I need a clear answer because I am not giving that much money. You know, I wanted to. I really wanted to, but we didn't have the money at the time. And, like, my husband was doing everything. Like, he was like, I'll call, I'll call my friend, you know, I'll get a loan, you know. He was trying to comfort me, but I felt like deep down he didn't want to. Like, he didn't want to, but he did. You know, he loved that cat more than anything, but I felt like he did it mostly for me. Because, you know, I was already having a bad day, and he was just trying to be nice. And I was like, no, you're just going to be in debt, and you're going to be, you know, on a lot of stress, paying it off. And, you know, if it's meant to be, I guess we just have to euthanize her. I'm sorry, you guys. I really love that cat. Bella was a really nice she was so sweet the sweetest cat ever she was so furry and i had to euthanize her and before she left you know i felt like when you euthanize an animal i felt like you really really have to embrace yourself because it's like the hardest thing anyone can ever do um I remember I had prayed to God to forgive me because it's not something I wanted to do, but she was going to die anyways. And I was like, God, if I take her back home and my other cat sees her like that, she's just going to be sad and she's going to die too. I was like, so just what has to be done, you know, it's going to be done. And she screamed so loud. The doctor has said that it doesn't hurt her, but I know deep down inside, they don't know what a cat feels. Or any type of animal that you euthanize, you don't really know the feeling. Like, they say that it's been tested and whatnot, but, like, you, at the end of the day, you just don't really know what she's feeling. Like, you know, animals are so innocent, and... I felt like if she had a voice, she would have said not to euthanize her. And to, you know, she would have spoken. If animals were to talk, I swear to God, they would curse us humans out, <laughs> to be honest. Like, but Bella was, was a gift, you know. Like, she left that same day, and my husband would be like, just think of it that God did this for a reason you know your baby isn't alone and Bella and the baby left together and they're together in a better place just think about that and I was like yeah but it's just when she screamed oh my god I wanted to punch the vet so bad like I wanted to take the vet away from her I was like just just stop like don't do it but my my husband like really helped me like he helped me as strong as he could because he was like I know she's gonna flip out she's gonna beat someone up and I was just like hold me just hold me and just don't let me go because I swear to god if you let me go I'm gonna throw a fist and that's not something I want and so they let her go. You know, she was just, they were like, just leave her a few 15 minutes and um, she'll be down. And she threw up, you know, and she felt dizzy. And I kissed her and I told her to forgive me. And she was in a better place. I felt like the need to do that, even though I like she wasn't gonna understand i don't know if she did or didn't but i felt the need to to say those words to her before she left and i kissed her and it was that was it um so unfortunately (laughs) this has been one of my emotional most emotional you know stories um podcast um and my time is about to be up so i will make another podcast um 
explaining the procedure because you know, that had to be done and yeah you guys stay tuned and i will see you guys in my next podcast um thank you guys for listening and yeah